This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Some eight days ago, Mansfield Town had forgotten what defeat is. Well, now we well and truly know. Three back-to-back cup defeats leave a little bit of a bitter taste in the mouth as Nigel Clough celebrates a milestone in charge of the Stags. But as the league fixtures come round again this Saturday afternoon, can the Stags get back to winning ways or will the cup hangover linger a little bit too much? The November rain is very much pouring. Can the Stags battle through it and get past more injuries, more returns and more disappointment? As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments in the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because win, lose or draw, wind, rain or shine, Mansfield always matters. And welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hope that you're doing all right uh, this Wednesday evening, Wednesday the 8th of November, 32 minutes past seven. And we need something to cheer us up because this time last night at One Call Stadium, we were freezing cold in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, wondering where everybody was really. And in the end, we went home cold and beaten once more by Everton under-21s. Joining me tonight to recap the last two games, the Everton game, the Wrexham game. We might even look a little bit further back at the Port Vale game. Talking injuries and returns, let's say hello to tonight's two pilgrims. The man who was pushing the buttons and uh, had the unfortunate job of announcing two defeats uh, in the last two games. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening, Santa. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And the man who's rushed from one meeting to another. This one arguably be more important. Hello, Mr. Clive Parkin. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Great to see you uh, as always. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. As always, if you're at home watching it in the live feed, please do feel free to get in touch via the comments. <laughs> Just like Libby's doing at Alan's household. Knocks uh, on the door. Alan, someone come back, come round, say, uh, are you are you Alan Wilson from the Mansfield Podcast? <laughs> 
<laughs> now you're up. God bless her. Uh, right, uh, let's start by, uh, well, addressing the elephant in the room, really, Clive, and that is the fact that eight days ago we had no idea what a defeat was, and, well, we bloody know now, don't we? Three back-to-back defeats, three different cup competitions, and uh, three defeats. It's been a, uh, been eight days to forget, hasn't it? It has. Um, thankfully, they're all cup games, because I think the far more important fixtures are the league games. I've always said this, you know, I get told off by you for not worshipping these lesser trophies the way you do but um and the legacy of uh, of the game the fa cup game because we've got a clocked uh, crocked clark again haven't we so mm. uh, you know i've always my fear was always that it's just another opportunity for some of our players to get uh, injured and, and i'm glad it was only one or two this time it could have been a lot worse last night it was a bit unfortunate with the penalty i thought but did we do enough to win the game probably not um, the FA Cup game and the League Cup game, the best team win. One, 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 both times. <laughs> the best teams won. They did. Um, and I have no complaints. I, I've said before, I don't mind, I don't like it, but I don't complain when we lose because the team that we're playing is better than us. Um, and they, in both cases, they, both cases they were. Um, and we've not been on our, you know, at, at our best during these three games. There's no point denying that. Uh, our midfield has been particularly ineffectual. Uh, or as Nick would say in the group chat, inept. It's a new buzz <laughs> this week. Uh, not with us, uh, of course, tonight, but I'm sure next time he's back, he will say that word over and over again. Um, Tim in the comments, Alan says, disappointed isn't the word. Well, if it's not disappointed and it's not inept, what is the word? Well, strawberry. Uh, I, I, would, <laughs> I would say disappointed because I don't think uh, Portville was a different uh, kettle of fish. I thought they were the better team. But Wrexham, I don't think they were any better than us on the whole, on 90 minutes. But uh, they just put the chances away because uh, that's, you know, they're good at what they do. That's why they again paid the big bucks to do that. But uh, last night, same as Clive, we didn't really do a lot, you know, but it was a very, very soft penalty. Very soft indeed. Yeah, Nigel Clough wasn't happy with it in his interview uh, afterwards. But, you know, he'd have gone to a penalty shootout if we if they'd have not scored it or if they'd have missed it anyway. And uh, who knows, we might have won on it. But we'd have got a point and we might have got through. Just means it's all open in the Burton game. We'll come on to that a little bit later. Uh, Marie in the comments, Clive says, uh, too many cup games close together, risking injury and fatigue. Not great, the losses, but onwards and upwards, the league is the priority. It very much is the priority, but I think the thing we take away from it, Clive, is, like you said earlier, we, we've got through it. We, we've had the injuries and fatigue sort of mount up a little bit. We just get Stephen McLaughlin back. Looks like we're going to miss him for another two weeks or so now. Obviously, Lucas Aiken's injured in the, the midst of that as well. And then uh, Ollie Clark, who, again, was just getting back to uh, the Ollie Clark that we, we know and love. And lo and behold, we, we're going to... We're going to miss him for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Marie's spot on in her comments. I mean, they they were close together. Uh, no one would design the league table, the, the league fixtures alongside cup fixtures the way they fell. Um, I'm not going to go over old ground about the Rocky Norse Trophy. I think what we've got is a set of circumstances outside our control, and what we've now got to do is to, to move away from there. We have a squad which is good enough. Um, it's good enough even with injuries as we've had to be. Um, so we're just going to have to find that resource to see past the clubs like Salford. They're not playing particularly well, Salford, although I think chucking the fact they're a bit of a bogey side to us, I think it's going to be a real challenge on Saturday. 
Yeah, certainly so. I think, you know, we always knew, and we've spoke for it week upon week upon week, Alan, as the, the unbeaten run's gone on and on and on. We've always knew in the back of our minds somewhere that we've rougher spell, part in the season where we were going to struggle, we were going to find it difficult against teams and not come away with the results we wanted. If you're going to take a period, any period in, in the season where you're going to have that little bit of spell of bad results, we've just had the ideal time for it. Three cup games, which inevitably, when you look back on it, don't matter in the grand scheme of things. We've got the money from the Carabao Cup run. That's great. It would have been nice to have a little bit more money and a little bit more of a reward from the FA Cup. And as much as I love the, the idea of Mansfield winning the Bristol Street Motors Vavavoom Trophy or whatever it's called uh, nowadays, it, it's highly unrealistic anyway and nobody really cares. So actually, getting that run in that little three-game spell in the Cups, which are irrelevant in comparison, is probably for the best. Well, the big thing is now we've got, we have got, got no excuses whatsoever, have we? It's the league or nothing. And that's what... Uh, uh, you can still, still get through to the Papa well, John's, yeah, John's uh, car, car painting company, wherever it is. We can still get through on that one. Yeah, but... I don't want you know, us to, by the way. We're standing that, I mean, you know, whether we beat Burton or whether we don't, we can actually concentrate on the league. But I just if, wish he'd played all kids last night. But uh, If you go back a couple of uh, weeks on the uh, comments, somebody did say that, uh, you know, the pitchers might start to play a part in this and they might have I mean it was just uh, unfortunate you know like uh, Paul Beals B-Store B said I don't think it possibly would on it would have been on Saturday if it weren't for the cameras and that's that's a strong possibility with how bad it was yeah, but you know with them not being flat and you know all nice easy passing football we might have to going to start to get a plan B and a plan C same for both teams though Alan well yeah yeah, I, I appreciate that. But, you know, we're the fluid uh, football inside, aren't we? We always have been. Yeah, that's, yeah that's... but you made, you made the point about Plan B, etc. What the what Port Vale and what Wrexham did successfully was they had a plan yeah. to deal with Manchester Town and yeah, they implemented I, it well. I've got no problem with that because uh, Port Vale was definite. They did their own work on us again like they did at Wembley. We said that straight away. Yeah, it's an interesting one with the, 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 the pitch thing. We were sort of talking to someone last night a little bit, weren't we? Sort of saying if it hadn't been on, on TV or whatever, it might not have actually uh, gone ahead. I know people have said it was like a swimming pool in the post-match comments and everything. But like Clive said, it was the, the same for both teams. And me yeah. personally, I don't think that we did enough against in that Wrexham game. Taking, actually taking last night aside, because it was a completely different 11, changes were made, it was all about fitness and, and the other side of the game. The actual fact of the matter is, even against Warsaw, we weren't good enough. And this spell has been been coming, and it's all now about how we react to it. And it's it's just for me about what is actually the the most frustrating thing to take away from it. Is it the fact that we've conceded soft goals? Is it the fact that it's three defeats on on the spin? Is it the fact that teams are figuring us out? Figuring us out. What is the the, the worst thing that we can take away? Uh, from this, because I think it, it's it's for me, club. I think it's teams figuring us out, and uh, like we've sort of said, not having a plan to to counteract it. It almost feels like we we haven't got a plan B again, and I don't want us to go down that that wormhole. No, I mean I've trust Clough to have the right 
breadth of view of the game and and, and he's i think certainly in the, in the recent times his substitutions have been well done i thought in the early seasons with his, his substitutions mystified but i think of late he's used his squad well um you can't do anything about injuries i just think well on top of that we've had some players whose form just dipped over this last week or so you know i'll pick my friend uh, george maris as one example I love him to death, but his game hasn't been good in the last couple of games. Now, I'm not picking on him and on his own because I think the midfield itself was has been underperforming. I'm, I'm fairly critical of uh, Aaron Lewis because I think he's been completely anonymous in the in these games, and uh, I want more from him, and I'm sure the club do. But uh, the, if there's a if there's a strong positive about what's happened even in, even in the defeats is our back line has been good and strong and that is the basis for building a successful league team good keeper good back line and, and players who aren't necessarily strikers who can find the net uh marie in the comments jokes and says bring back anthony hartigan can we swap him for that other fella that played last night and I think he played well, the left-footed fellow. Yeah, I think he played on uh, on Saturday against Wrexham as well, but he wore a Lewis Reed mask. But anyway, we won't go into that. Uh, MTFC in the comments has uh, put a question for all three. Let's delve into that before we delve into other things, which I have on my notes. Yes, I make notes this series. Yeah, I know. Proper going for it. I know. Um, but and yet it still feels like we're rambling. Uh, and the question is: at this moment in time, what's your predicted? finish for this season invisible ink live obviously no notes uh, i'll answer first i think my predicted finish for this season i still think that we're capable of competing i still think that we will um be up there in and around it i think it depends i made a bold statement a few uh, weeks ago didn't i that if we'll get through three certain games that we'd that we'd do it i'm going to make an, another bold ish statement now and say if we can cope with the injuries and the the and bounce back from this little blip that we're having, that we will still compete. At the moment, I don't feel confident enough to say that we'll be a top three team. I feel confident enough to say that we'll be maybe a top five team and uh, give it a good go in, in the playoffs. But I think it depends how we get through the next two or three weeks and maybe look at adapting things. Uh, Alan, uh, what's your answer to the question? What's your predicted finish for the Stags this season at this moment in time at 44 minutes past seven or uh, 16 minutes to eight on Wednesday, the 8th of November, 2023? Top three. I'm fully confident. There we I go. I, I won't waver. I think we're going to, it's our season. We're going to do it this year. Top three. Clive? I agree. I think we will finish in the top three, but I'm going to make some conditions to that statement. One oh. is we don't have a huge raft of injuries um, and that we buy somebody in January because I think the squad just needs a fox in the box. And um, hang on, what's he doing? <laughs> Carry on. I'm just reminded, I'm going to remind ourselves of... Uh... Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> And we're going to lose to somebody in the league. So let's not get hung on this. And if our form's not as good as it has been, the time to lose is when your form's gone. And that's that. you can understand that. But I think um, I think we're all right. I think we're going to be, we're going to have a tough Christmas because there's a lot of good teams to play. And I think we'll come out of that in uh, in a good position to, to consolidate a top three. 
Well, at the start of the season, we always make like our little season predictions, and I write them down on this uh, little handy board. I'm not going to show it to you because it's got various passwords and stuff on it. Um, but uh, it ha- it has. We predicted the the finish, the points, the top goal scorer in their goals, and then the player of the season. Um, uh, Alan, you went for second place, 84 points. Reese Oates with 18 goals. Clive, you went for third, 81 points. Uh, Will Swan with 16. <laughs> I'll rub that out for you now, fella. Uh, this time, yeah. And you also <coughs> Alfie Kilgore as player of the season. I'll rub that out for you as well. <laughs> and I, I kiss the death I've been, haven't I? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I went for a first place finish. You know, pessimist Craig is never in the building when we're making those predictions at the start. 92 points. Reese Oates with 18 goals and Lewis Reed for player of the season. So uh, I don't know who's more close to being on target at the minute, but uh, there you go. Who, sorry, Craig, who did I say for player of the season? You didn't. Uh, that's why I didn't oh. you forgot. You forgot to enter, and it's uh, when, seeing as we're like in November, I'm not going to allow you to get involved in that game now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever, but it's just no worries. Unfair advantage. So there you go. Um, yes. So so there we go. Um, as I was saying with my sort of answer to that question, um, it's all about how we react to where we are at, at the minute. And one, the first point that I wrote down in my notes tonight was three defeats on the spin. Does it really count with the EFL trophy? Some will argue no, but I'm going to argue yes, because team morale. And, you know, we are a, a team, we are a squad, we pull through, through things together. And the more games, it, it's like the more games you win and go unbeaten, the more your confidence grows. But the more games you lose on the spin, it becomes more and more frustrating and a little bit more angry, disappointed. You start getting frustrated. Alan, you were nodding along when I was saying that. It's almost like you resonate with what I was saying there. Yeah, I do. I do resonate with what you're saying. But they're, they're cups. Now, the, the crux of the matter is on Saturday, how we do in the league. Like Clive uh, said earlier on, they're another slightly bogey team for us. We've done well against all the other bogey teams we've played. There's only Salford, really, and Sutton, I think, that we need to play now, you know, to prove ourselves. And it's, it's the league that matters. OK, we had a good cut run. Everybody enjoyed it. We had 19, 20 games unbeaten, three losses. Let's move on. Let's just not worry about it because we, ha- we know we've got the team. If we hadn't got the team, we wouldn't have been there in the first place. So just let's move on and let's uh, go for the league. Remind yourselves, the last three games, 4-1 away, 4-1 away, and then a 2-1 win at home. That yeah. form, you roll that forward, we win the league. Um, and also, we're one of the few teams to have beaten Stockport. True. So, I think we are better than we fear we are, and I think we've been knocked aside by the inevitable um, doom and gloom of, of coming out of three cups in miserable nights as well. Um, I, I just think, uh, let's get Salford kicked into touch and move on. Yeah. Uh, I was in the comments here. Yeah. Genuinely don't think there's anything to worry about. Played a solid League One team and a clinical team in the Cup in Wrexham. Get DKD back in the 10. Like we said, didn't we say, Alan, we were saying last night that he played yeah. a good team there uh, against, was it Wrexham where he uh, went into the 10? Yeah. Um, he's so much better coming on to things rather than with his back to goal. Still creating chances and played a lot of top sides already. Cup losses could be a blessing in dis- disguise up the stags. And there's an interesting point in there, actually, because as much as we're frustrated that... And we are clearly missing Lucas Aikens at times. 
the Wrexham game, albeit by look more than luck than judgment, because Hiram Boateng was due to start. He was going to start in the uh, in the ten and DK yeah. play further forward. He got ill before the game and had to be replaced by uh, Mikhail Abdullah on the bench. Um, Reese Oates was then handed a start, and oh my goodness, Clive! You know it was like we were fear. We've been fearful for weeks, haven't we? We were saying that we're never going to get the same Reese Oates back. We're never going to get the same same player. But it's almost like he just picked up where he left off and he, he scored a tremendous goal, had a superb, superb game. And you know what? If he can continue that vein of, vein of form, uh, my prediction of Oates uh, for top scorer, uh, Alan's prediction of Oates for top scorer with 18, I know he's not got many yet, but I think the more he, uh, the more he plays and can keep that vein of form going, I think we could be in the money. The more he plays and the least... And the least opportunity he puts himself to get himself injured because he's his own worst enemy at times he, he is a bit head-on when sometimes a, a different player would say hang on I'm just that's just not worth a, it's not worth a tackle making to make or it's not worth fighting that player all the way back to the to their goal line sometimes he's just got to pull away from these things because of the injuries he's had he's made for himself hasn't he and uh, I just think you know I'm just waiting for it to happen that's the uh, that's a pessimist in me, I suppose. I'm just waiting for him to do it. When uh, when McLaughlin came on, I just thought he's going. Somebody's going to kick him on his sore spot, and they will not see him again. You know, I'm glad he didn't. I and mean, we took him off as a precaution. I understand whether he'll uh, just rest him a bit now, a bit longer before they play him. That, I guess that's up to the club, isn't it? And I say that's the three positives. Sorry, Craig, that's the three positives, isn't it? We've got Callum Johnson coming back. Ready and rearing and firing on all cylinders. Oates is firing on all cylinders, but he's only 50% fit, shall we say, 50, 60 tops. And then we've got McLaughlin as well, who I thought, until he came off last night, he looked very accomplished. And let's looked like the macro of old. Let's not forget, by bringing Callum Johnson back, we can bring our Lord and Master back to his natural habitat. of up front. And do you know what? You know, when I saw the team sheet against Rex, I'm thinking... Is, he, is Clough going to do a Clough and play Jordan Barry centre-back and put Aidan Flint up front? But no, he surprised us all and played Jordan Barry up there. It was like it was like going back to 2021 all over again with him and Oates up top. And it was a delight. And you know what? I'd be more than happy to see that on the team sheet against Salford on Saturday, Alan. Yeah, I don't have a problem because we know he gives 110%. And, it, you know, if, if they start to forge a partnership, we don't know how long Aikens is going to be out. It's possibly one, two matches. But it, it sounds a bit, if you know, if it's only two matches with a fractured eye socket, it's probably not as bad as we think it is. You know, and, you know, having the operation, it sounds worse than what it is. But uh, let's hope so, because I would like to see Aikens back. The sooner the better. In my day, the coach would say, run it off, lad. <laughs> what, a fractured eye socket? Unless your leg came off, you carried on until half-time. Bit harsh. Let's also not forget that in Clive's day, you travel to away games by horseback. Uh, George, <laughs> we're missing Quinn. Now, up until a few weeks ago, Clive, I don't think I would have said we are missing Quinn, but now that a sniper's got Ollie Clark again, and I thought we had a ready replacement in Stephen McLaughlin, and the sniper's got uh, him. He'll, like you say, he'll probably be rested for the next couple of weeks. George Maris isn't firing. Lewis Reed isn't firing. Hiram Boateng's about as much use as this ruler at times. Uh, and, uh, you know, and like you say, Aaron Lewis hasn't, hasn't been on it. I think maybe we are starting to miss Quinn a little bit, but only by numbers and, 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 and poor form, not, not in terms of the desperate miss of Quinn, the obvious miss of Quinn like we had last season, if that makes sense. 
I don't agree. I think uh, Quinn, whilst he hasn't got a full game in him when he's fit, is incredibly creative. He takes a lot of pressure off the others in midfield. He links up superbly with the left with the left back with the forward play in a way that we've missed that. We've missed McLaughlin and Quinn as a as a dynamic duo. Um, but I can't get too upset about Quinn because we know he's on his last tour of duty anyway. And we're going to have to find a way to operate without him. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, we need to we need to build an alternative to that, to that. And I think when he does regain his fitness, I wouldn't necessarily see him as an automatic first starting 11 player. I'd see him as a strategic player on the bench, from the bench. But uh, yeah, I do think we miss him because there's nobody quite like him. Well, speaking of options and uh, almost looking at last night as well, one thing last night did do to us, Alan, was actually give us a taste of options. You know, we, we've got George Williams, who yeah, absolutely outstanding centre-back when, he, when he's played. He can obviously play full-back as well. Really does suit that role quite well. And uh, I know a lot of people on social media have been saying we need to get him more game time. The problem is at the minute... The defence is playing relatively well. Like You can't really give him much game time. It's only going to take moving players around to get him said game time in the league. But herein could be the opportunity because Bailey Cargill played in midfield and did a, a superb job. If we are missing a couple of midfielders, Lewis Brunner, of course, is another natural choice to, to play in there, which could open the door for George Williams. I think one thing we have got this year is options but not options in terms of square peg round hole. We've got options in terms of move that, move that to structure that. And it works. We've got more solidified options. Especially with Bailey Cargill, you know, being left footed. And, and lads, for the first time in a long time, Mr. Clough mentioned JJ in his conversation about coming back from injury. And he suggested he's going to be available in two weeks time. He likes to play in midfield, has not been given the chance so far at Mansfield because we've had to play him as a defender when he's played. So there are options. I mean, the, 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 the strange thing about the game against uh, the, uh, the uh, Everton babies was that we got a midfield consisting of only left-footed people. In fact, the whole, whole team was dominated by left-footers. Uh, you know, people say it's hard to find left-footed players. Well, just look at our side last night. you got mm -hmm. to be fair right like... Plethora of left-footed people. Absolutely. Can't beat a good plethora. Also, just to throw other options in the mix as well, you know, who else I thought had a superb game last night? George Cooper was he did. arguably a good choice for man of the match. And also, in terms of forward options, Mikhail Abdullah. Yeah, one yeah. or two people on social media said, why the hell did you take Mikhail off when he was playing better than the other two strikers? I'm not sure he's playing better, but he gave a good account of himself, and I, I thought he didn't, he merited a full a full uh, game, but you know we see we see it from out through our eyes, don't we? And Clough will see it through his own. Sorry, Alan, interrupted you there. No, I was just going to say Cooper. I've, I, Craig knows my feelings of uh, George Cooper. I think his quality, and I think one day he will make a fantastic captain for Mansfield Town. And uh, you know, I thought especially them two or three blocks he made, he's just got. He's just got everything, in my opinion. He can pass a ball, can add a ball. He blocks when he needs to. It's probably just the uh, other side, you know, putting one in other other end of the uh, goal. That's probably okay. what he... Because uh, I don't know, you know, in the youth team and that, I don't know how many goals he's scored. But his all-round play, I think, is magnificent. 
narrowly missed out George Cooper last night on uh, Man of the Match awards to uh, Scott Flinders. I mean, if no one's made that decision yet, I'm going to make the decision of Scott Flinders for, <laughs> Man of the Match. for, no, reason, for no reason other than the fact that he had a really good game. <laughs> yeah, Rado, great. Uh, comments coming in. Have your say on your team. Uh, MTFC says. Uh, agree with the blessed in disguise coming unbeaten in the league with the primary focus and whole squad to be used on that. For less games surrounding our primary target of promotion, the better. Also, would love to see O'Toole come back and boss the midfield. Mark says, hate to say it, but I will. Gail offered nothing at all on uh, the past two games since uh, the last podcast. Abdullah every day over Gail. I have to say, I know we had the, the bit of a heated argument or heated co- comments last week about uh, the Gail thing. I can't disagree. I thought he had a poor game against... Um, Efton under 21s I said before the game to, to you Alan didn't I that yeah a formation which I I, I felt would yeah would play on the left side side of a three I agree he offered very very little I was really impressed with uh, Abdullah and I think it, it's probably the time now that uh, if we're going to chuck Bowery back up there as a bit of support we've obviously got the option of Flint if we need to in break passing in case of emergency you know Aikens hopefully shouldn't be too far away we've got results back National League we need to get Gale into the National League and get him some uh some football because at the minute the development that he's getting in terms of bit part we've also got Will Swan in the mix as well that development of half an hour here half an hour there is going to set him back like you know and he's going to end up like Jason Law and not fulfill his potential we've we've got to develop him now and maybe it is time to hold our hands up and say he's a great player if used in the right way but we can't afford to necessarily use him in the way that he'd like to be used if that makes sense yeah, yeah, possibly agree with that, but it might be a, it might be a case. I know he played last night, like you know, most of them had to, but uh, it might be a case of just keep him on the bench and give him ten minutes, you know, if and when needed. Because when he's come on in the past, he's looked really good. Okay, it's like Clive said, there's one or two looking a bit downtrodden and a bit poor form, but uh, you never know. It it could come good. I mean, he could come on Saturday and score a winner. You never know. Going uh, back to one of your earlier points, Craig, about the um, motivational and, and, and morale effect of having th- these losses, three losses in the week, albeit in a miscellaneous group of trophies. Um, the other side of that coin is that actually it could motivate the players to say, right, we've got to get going again now. This is down to us. We're going to play a team that's in the same league as us. We're better than them on paper. We're going to go ahead and show that. Whereas in the cup, it doesn't quite matter as much to them. And I think sometimes you can see that in the players. I think the only disappointment with me, I wholeheartedly agree with every word you've just said there. Um, the thing for me, I think it was more of a disappointment because we didn't get the rewards in the Carabao that we really deserved in terms of that big team and that big day out or whatever. And the FA Cup was the only real one where we were going to get it. But again these things happen and if you offer me on a plate which one would I rather take of course I'm going to take the league uh, keep your comments coming in uh, Thomas says also I think Flint has been class but feel he sometimes gets a free ride due to reputation both the Wrexham goals came between him and Callum Johnson just something to keep an eye on do we need to manage his minutes slightly he's no think spring chicken feels hypocritical saying this as I think he's been quality well first and foremost um, you can call him a spring chicken to his face uh, because I wouldn't call it into his face because he's an absolute unit. Um, but I think there is probably something in that. But at the same time, I think he can manage his time really, really well. And I think that's where we've got enough adequate 
cover. We, we, we're not struggling there now at all, are we? We're in a really good position, even with Elliot Hewitt and Alfie Kilgore on the long-term sick list. You know, we've, we've got a superb bolstered defence. And, you know, I think it showed last night, Clive, actually, that he, he didn't play. He came on for the last, what, 20 minutes or so, or 10, I think it was the last 10 minutes in the end, just because other people were struggling to get back up to match fitness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he didn't really need to. And I thought we coped well without him. George Williams, again, prime example. Led by example, defended really well alongside George Cooper. The, the good benefit of last night was you could hear the players talk to each other. And George Williams was phenomenal at talking Cooper through the game. Yeah. There was a, there, I could, you know, could hear him shouting for them to recycle after phases. And you don't hear that when there's a big crowd there. And, uh, and I think he, he just shows signs of a leader. Um, and they, somebody once said, and quite rightly, there should be 11 leaders on the field. Invariably, there aren't. Uh, uh, but he's one of them, I think. Mm. The, um, I think going back to um, Flint, the man's incredibly fit. And yeah. he's hard. And I, I think he could just play every game if he wanted to, if the, if the club wanted him to. We don't need to, because as you say, we have adequate cover. Using him as a, a striker is not an option in my book. He's not good enough to up front. His nuisance value doesn't make up for the fact that you need somebody with a bit of calmness and skill up there. Don't get me wrong, bring him up for every corner and every free kick, but he's not He's not the solution. I'd sooner see uh, Bowery brought back into a forward play. And yeah, I said on Facebook last week, if there's ever been any doubt, I see Bowery now as a defender. <laughs> Only because of the one which he uh, put wide of a goal when clearly his brain just went. Um, right. No, I just think he deserves the merit. It's a positive thing from my point of view that he has made himself into a very good defender, um, and he's, he's he's served the club very very well this season as a defender. Yeah, can't argue yeah. with that. I disagree slightly with the uh, Flynn going up front remark, Clive. Personally, because I think he's very good with his flick-ons, and when you've got people like Oates coming, you know, and he starts getting fitter and fitter, that might bode uh, problems for the uh, defence. I mean, if we are, if we're having, you think he's sorry to interrupt you? Do you think he's better than um, the guy we had last year, the tall fella who's gone to Gillingham? What's his forgotten his name? Holly Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins. Oh, Hawkins. Do you think he's a better player as a potential? Uh, no, not as a striker, but I'm just saying, you know, last 10, 15 minutes, get him up there to cause problems and flick-ons. That's all he's, I'm saying. I don't, no, okay. I don't think it's a striker. I it, see. Hawkins didn't do very well as a striker because he didn't get the opportunities so much. And yeah. I think if, it only, if that was only his only job when he was playing for us, he would have been much more prolific in front of goal. I think if you're going to have a striker, they've got to be a striker. I don't like, I just don't like people playing woefully out of position. And I thought that's a lesson we should have learned. Well, twice that he's done it in three times. We've had two goals from, yeah, from his flick on from from free kicks and corners. Yeah, I don't mind him going up. I think there's a there's a difference. I think we need to clarify this. There's a different, a vast difference in going up for the last ten minutes of the game when you're chasing the game and starting up there and playing the full ninety up there. No, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Would I like to see him play the full ninety up there? Absolutely not. No. Am I, am I saying to everybody around me after sixty minutes when it's nil nil? When are we going to throw him up front? Absolutely, I am because that's exactly what we need to get those flick ons and get in behind teams who figured it out. There's but a... to be fair, I'm, and I'm being critical now of, of Swan and um, Gale, mm. he's got to be better than them when they're not firing. 
So you do. It, it's a worthwhile venture to chuck somebody up there, if only to cause confusion and, and to distress their defence. Because, he's, as you say, he's a unit, and he will do that. I, I just think the our two strikers have been very easily put into defenders' pockets. That's my, my favourite uh, footballing tactic, cause confusion. Speaking of causing confusion, uh, let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to turn our attentions to an unmarked anniversary as Nigel Clough uh, reaches the, the milestone of uh, another year in the Stags dugout. So get your comments coming in about uh, Clough's tenure so far. Uh, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll carry on talking after this very brief interlude uh, via the form of a jingle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Right, this week... Um, we've marked uh, an anniversary, Alan. No, not the anniversary of our friendship, because that goes back years and years. Uh, but the anniversary of Nigel Clough uh, taking charge of uh, of the Stags. I think it'll be uh, Saturday in terms of the actual game when he uh, took charge. But he was appointed, uh, what, three years ago on Monday? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, um, his three-year plan is well on course. Yeah, basically, he's done everything he said on the tin. When he, I look back uh, that interview that uh, Steve-O did with him, you know, when he first came, I watched it again the other day. And everything that he was saying, you know, about getting the wages down and everything he's uh, wanted to do is come up with the goods. OK, we've come up slightly short twice, but it did say right from the start it was a three-year plan. We've got a better squad now, a bigger squad. And uh, I think he might be delving in January. I think the Radfords will uh, help him out with that. I think one thing is quite interesting to sort of go back and listen to that, but it, it, it's definitely fair to say now, Clive, that um, we have been constantly competitive since the uh, the season after COVID, his first full season in charge. Playoff finalists just outside the playoffs and on course to do the same again uh, this time around. But we are in far better shape as a club, as a playing squad, as a fan base, as everything than we were when he first walked through the door. I agree. And we've had very few rotten games. I mean, I can think of them. I can think of uh, the opening game of the season against uh, Saturday's opponent, Salford. We didn't play. Sutton away, we didn't play. 
the horriblest game of the lot was the defeat at Northampton early in his tenure. Um, but we, I think by and large, we've been a much more competitive outfit, even when we've not played as well. And then chucking all the problems of in, injuries in there. I, I have no... I have no real problem with the progress that's been made over the three years, if that's the plan. The problem will become will come if we dip out again close to this year. What happens here? Do we start again? Do we say, well, you know, it was close, therefore we continue along the route we're going, and if Clough's willing to do it, we'll give him another contract. I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I'm not wise enough to know what to do in that situation. It's an interesting one, but obviously, you know, he was out of contract in, in the summer, Alan, and he was only given a, another year's deal. So it's not like we've gone, right, here's another two, three years, and what happens, happens. We've sort of erred on the side of caution, but at the same time, given him the tools to do what he needs to do. Yeah, and I also think, you know, reading between the lines, the uh, conversations we had with Mr. Radford or, you know, the David Sharp, whoever it was, that he was speaking to about his contract, maybe Nigel put that in himself. You know, give me another year. I said three years. Give me another year and we'll see what happens at the end of this year. You know, that might be something that was, you know, 50-50 each side. I think it may well be that the one year was mutually acceptable. Yeah. Gave both parties a degree well, yeah. of flexibility. Yeah. It may well be at the end of this season exactly the same conversation will take place. Yeah, that's whatever it. the outcome this season. I think it's just making sure that he's got the tools to do the job. I think, like MCF yeah. the comments, I trust in Clough and I trust the Radfords will give him everything he needs come January to ensure we go up. Because I think they did so in the summer. It's sometimes yeah. you don't build a house overnight, do you? you? It's all about putting the building blocks and the foundations in, in place. And I think, you know, depending on how we go up until Christmas, that will determine, I think Nigel will see that, and it'll determine what we need, if we need anything. It's like Mark says in the comments, Clive, as well. Cluffy does a fantastic job. I'm going to change it for you, though, Mark. Nigel does a fantastic job. Uh, stability in the squad, good additions, crowds increased. The only problem is how we replace him when he goes. We've had some bad managers before him, like Dempster and the Blake from Bristol Rovers. I'll caveat that by saying... Dempster, I will take out of that as an, an anomaly because whilst he was a, a bad manager, he was put into a job arguably that he didn't even want. Um, definitely agree on uh, Cochrane though. Uh, he also adds, Clive, don't underestimate Garner and his influence uh, also. And I'm going to add into that as well the, t the, the wider team around uh, Mr. Clough. In the letter, lesser spotted Gary Crosby, <laughs> his 50,000 analysts and, and all of that because, you know... The amount of research and stuff which goes into it, you mean you've only got to look at some examples this year. Look at how much improved Christy Pym is under the tutelage and coaching of, of Adam Collin. We're just going from strength to strength to strength in all the departments. And that's not just from Nigel Clough picking 11 players. It's from strategic planning to get us from mediocrity and a team which were on, well on course to go back to the conference when he first took over to a team now that is constantly competing for a place in League One. And the, he gets a lot of accolades from other managers as well, don't he? You know, through, through his through respect of what he's done in the game. Yeah, let's not forget, he's been at it a long time. He's a very mature manager and that brings a certain gravitas with it. Uh, and I think people look to play to managers like him and, and Wenger and Ferguson, people who have put a lot of service in, has been worthy of listening to. And I think 
Nigel Clough would command a, a respectful audience wherever he spoke. But it's a resorts in, industry and, and we have to do it. And sooner or later, if he doesn't do it with this club, the club will have to try and find another way forward. Um, and, and that sounds pessimistic. I'm not intending to be. I think we are on course and I think it will be a very, very bitter disappointment if we don't succeed this year. But then it's still not the end of the world, is it? You know, we've got a viable football club with good owners, a good squad to carry forward into next season and a bit of tweaking. Um, we'll, we'll be back where we should be again. So I think a lot of credit's down to Clough, but as, as the, who was it that said, uh, don't underestimate Mark. And I it's think absolutely when you, right. Yeah. Garner's a man on the touchline. He, he, an awful lot of communication comes through Garner. Um, and I think he's, uh, he's obviously a confidant of Clough and, and therefore I don't think Clough is a, an island. I think he relies on the people around him to help him make the best of what we've got. And even Crosby, who I've never seen. Oh, I saw him. I saw him at Long Eaton or something once in time. Where was it? We saw him. Oh, I think yeah, uh, probably was. Baseford, Baseford United. Forty-five minute chat with him. We did about referees. Anyway, the <laughs> the eight referees. We <laughs> we um, we have a club that's structured in a way that he's bigger than the club itself. I think I've been critical, and I still am to a point that we've got too many people. Um, who are not playing stuff. And, and that's okay if we succeed. And that's the, that's the critical thing now, isn't it? You build this infrastructure. We've got a training ground we didn't have before. We've got uh, dragoons of specialists in the in the team. We've got squadrons of analysts. You know, we, we've got an army of people who are supporting Nigel Clough in his endeavours. We need a payback. We do. Uh, Mark says, I genuinely think he'll finish his career career back at, at Burton. Well, let's hope it's not in uh, a week, two weeks time when we play in the, uh, the, the the Motors Cup or whatever it is. Uh, Moggy says in the comments, if we don't go up this year, I would give him another year as he will have the summer to strengthen even more. We cannot start again as it will be a recipe for disaster. I'm, I'm in agreement to, to a point. Um, we have pushed and pushed and pushed. I think it would depend on how we fail. Um, this this season, if we were to, how that would uh, would occur before we made uh, that uh, that decision. But you know, at the same time, Alan, there is a lot to be said for structure and, and longevity. He's built that the, the team behind him up over years and years and years. He's obviously got his trusted players, with his, which he's taken with him here, there, and everywhere, and added others along the way. Same with his his staff members um, as well. But also, you know, you look at clubs which have chopped and changed uh, over the years. Salford are a prime example of it, desperate to try and get up into uh, League One. They have a different manager every other season. I think the guy that's there at the minute is one of the longest serving they've had in a, a long, long time. And obviously it's not going well for him at the minute either as well. And um, I'm sure somebody will be able to answer Mark's question about his, his win percentage, but he's well on course, uh, Alan, to probably be one of our best managers statistically as, as well. And you can't argue that we, we've had too many patches where it's it's not been great. I think probably the first three, four months of last season the, after the playoff hangover wasn't great, but you're going to have that. And you can't say that he, he hasn't turned it around and put us in a really good position to enjoy something and to get something fruitful this season. That's it. Given the chance, like I said earlier on, you know, he, he said it was a three-year plan. Given the, well, I know he's, he's had three years, but you know what I mean? He's had three seasons now, or he will have had. And also, it's no uh, coincidence that, you know, when players such as Reed become available, 
and they know they've played with Nigel under Nigel before, it makes a big difference because he can have that last say where they think, Oh, shall I go to Mansell or just say, Shall I go to Oldham or wherever? You know, he might have that final say because Nigel Clough, you know, is Nigel Clough. And it's a good sounding board, you know, for players to come back who've played with him before because they know what they're going to get. And a nice man to boot as well, as long as you're not a yeah. kid. And Buffy, if you're a kid, you call him Nigel. Uh, but lovely, lovely man. And I genuinely did enjoy working with him when I was uh, doing the commentary stuff. Even when we even when we lost, he was always honest and reflective and always made the time to, to have a chat with you as well. And uh, I think we're in, uh, we're in great hands. I remember actually, you know, three years and uh, three and a bit years ago when we did the managerial change special and we spent a night didn't we sort of going through potential candidates at the time and uh, we were in a fortunate position at the time weren't we, where there were so many good out there with records and when we compared them all we all said that Nigel Clough if brought in it wouldn't be an instant fix but it would be a fix which over time would put us in a good position and uh, I think we're in a far better position as, as a club than what we probably would have been if we'd have taken on any of those uh, other managers. And don't forget Mark Hughes is available yeah, let's not. No, thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Clough, the man uh, in charge. And uh, long may it continue. I'd love to see him uh, stay for another couple of seasons and uh, give that success, which he deserves as, as well uh, as manager. Uh, and that continues uh, by way of uh, Salford on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, we'll come to podcast predictions shortly after we've played the jingle. Let's have a little look at them before we uh, hit the second best jingle ever in Mansfield Matters history. Uh, on that uh, and that is of course uh, where they are in the league we mentioned a few minutes ago Clive that they're not having the best of seasons this time round they are sat uh, in 13th a couple of points off the plus 21 points so far this season uh, six wins three draws and seven defeats uh, a goal difference of plus two goals scored 26 goals against 24 uh, and at home they're really really struggling they're 21st in the home table this is a good time to uh, go to them kill off another bogey side and bounce back from what's been a, a poor, I think, last four games, really. Even the Warsaw win, even though we got the result, we weren't great uh, in that game. Let's put it right. Let's bounce back and uh, let's uh, show this league that, uh, all right, we're out of the cup, but we're going to give it a damn good go in the league. And I tell you what, when you come against us, if you, if you take three points off us, you'll have bloody earned them. Yeah, I think that's true. That's got to be true of a, a starting statement going through this season. Now, if someone beats us, they've had to. They've they've deserved it, generally speaking, because we've not done what we did at Wembley. We've not done what we did at Sutton. We've not done what we did against um, Harrogate, where we've just allowed players to take us to pieces. And because we, we're stronger at the back, and that's the start. As I said, that's my confidence factor going forward. It doesn't score as lots of goals in itself, but it doesn't means we don't have to score lots of goals. Hence, you can win dirty. You can win a grubby game and get through. And you're right about the Warsaw thing. We got through it. I'd take that every day of the week if we could get games like that where we just get through it. Um, and that, that, my my forecast for Salford will reflect that. Uh, before we talk, we go into that, Alan. Uh, a few people were talking about like the injuries and, and certain stuff. Um, someone earlier mentioned that potentially Nigel Clough hinted that DKD could be missing for uh, uh, for Saturday's trip. He did mention someone else as well, but I can't quite remember uh, who it uh, who it was. Um, was it Reed? It may well have been. Uh, it may well have been Reed actually. Um, so, based on that, I've put together an eleven. I want to see. Your, your guys' thoughts on this, where this is a scenario where Lewis Reed's not available, 
Um, DKD's not quite um, available. I need to take that into uh, take take that into account as well. Uh, DKD's not available, and um, yeah, uh, obviously Ollie Clark's missing. Lucas Aikens is missing. Stephen McLaughlin's missing. This is my eleven based on that. So Pimmingol, a back four right to left of Johnson, Williams, Flint, and C-Mac. A midfield of Aaron Lewis, Lewis Brunt, and Bailey Cargill. George Maris just behind Jordan Barry and Reese's thoughts. Alan, I would agree to a certain extent, but I'm not sure if he'll play. I hope he does, but I'm not sure he'll play uh, Barry and Oates together. I have a feeling it might be Oates and Swan or something of that ilk. I hope he does play Barry because I think give him another chance. But I've just got a funny feeling that he won't. I have got no problem with everything else you've said. But uh, I've just got a funny feeling that he won't play Barry up top. Whether it puts him back in defence, it might be Oates and Swan. The other option there, of course, Clive, is to miss out George Maris in that 11 and play Swan, Barry and Oates as a forward three with uh, Barry potentially down the right or down the middle to win those flick-ons. For me personally... Um, I think we need to leave Barry up there until Lucas Aikens is back because we need a I would agree. Well, he's, he's the nearest th nearest thing we've got to a Lucas Aikens, isn't he? Yeah, and, and on the caveat of that as well is um, you were saying about Aaron Lewis not being in the best of form. Well, play Callum Johnson with him and that'll boost him by 50%. I think a, there is an alternative, and of course, and that's not to worry too much about your midfield because if you've got, you've got beep beep up front, Along with somebody to support him, you can you can toss balls up to him, can't you? You got a, a Bowery and a, and a uh, Roadrunner up there. We've got opportunities we've really not been making for ourselves whilst he's not been available. And and let's be fair, the two younger strikers we've got are not on form at the moment. They're not maybe it's unlucky, but they're certainly not providing what we expect of them. So a different tactic might not be a bad thing. We've struggled to play through midfield this last few weeks, haven't we? And yeah. Maybe that's because they've not been up for it. It may be because the teams who have been confronted, who have been confronted, us have read, have done their homework properly, and have put set up to stop us playing through midfield. I don't think Salford will be as clinical. Well, they won't be able to put three men on Reed if he don't play, will they? Well, this is the thing as well for me. I'm thinking even if he is fit and available, I don't know whether I would necessarily play him because I'm thinking about going to going to Salford. It's a tight pitch there. Doesn't really suit playing too much i'd look to maybe go a little bit bit uh bit direct and get a little bit physical with them and really uh really try and do some damage early doors come out rough, the them, up, rough them up a little bit yeah and then we can play well, the, the only thing you've got to remember about them is they're a big striker it's smith is it yeah yeah he's the one we've got to contain and you've got to trust uh um who, who would pick him up it would have to be Quinn, wouldn't it? You'd expect Quinn to be able to deal with him, wouldn't you? Quinn? I'd, I'd love Quinn to deal with him, but... <laughs> Do you mean that... Flint? I meant Flint. I must... You've got to remember, I'm an old person, Alan, you know, much older <laughs> than you. Uh, and on that delightful note, let's have a... I can name you the team from 1973, if that helps. <laughs> yeah, somebody put in the comments about, according to Martin Shaw, Nigel said DKD and Reed hadn't trained but didn't say they weren't they were injured, just rested. So uh, might be benches then. Yeah, yeah. well, no, so there's, there's plenty of options. Uh, there. I don't forget, it could be game playing a bit. He doesn't want to show his yeah. hand too soon, does he? That's the other thing. Absolutely. Right, well, uh, let's see how bold Clive's prediction is then, shall we?
So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Well, before the uh, Everton 21s game, Alan and Clive were neck and neck in podcast predictions. So this week, in a rare treat for you all, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say that we're going to draw two all, and my man of the match will be Reese Oates. Um, Clive, I'll come to you next. Well, I'm, I'm going to be buzzing around the ground an hour and a half before kickoff, as always, just from travelling SSA, and there's nothing to do there, and the Facilities are rubbish and I should be angry with, with everybody around me. But I'll tolerate all that because we're going to win 1-0 and the man of the match will be Pim. Oh, we go for Christy Pim again. Alan? Uh, Salford nil, Mansell 2, man of the match, also Reese Oates. A wise choice, Mr Wilson. I would like to see us beat Salford, but I'm not quite sure we're going to get the win. Uh, just yet. I think we might get a draw. It'll be a good game, but I think it might be one of those where we go two down and we're going to mount a comeback. We just quite can't quite get it over the line. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, you can do so. The link that you need is in the description. And a reminder that you must do so no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. Of course, no trip to Burton in the week. That's been pushed back a week because of their involvement in the FA Cup. So we'll come to that next week uh, and we'll give you a little update on podcast predictions uh, as well. Uh, and make sure that you do get involved with that game. Uh, and we'll find out who is top of the charts next week. So a recap of those predictions then. Clive's gone for a 1-0 win with Christy Pym as man of the match once again. Thankfully, he got some points last week. Alan's gone for two goals. A clean sheet for Pim and a victory for the Stags with Reese Oates as man of the match. And Pessimist Priest has started to uh, weave his way back in a little bit as I've gone for a two-all draw, Reese Oates as the Stags man of the match. Get involved in podcast predictions. If you've not played it yet this season, it doesn't matter. You can start at any time and who knows, come the end of the season, you could be the champion. All the rules and all of that stuff, link in the description. Check it out and play along with podcast predictions. The Mansfield Matters guessing game, which brings you zero fame. Right, that's it. That's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always, to Clive Parkin, to Alan Wilson and other members of the Mansfield Matters podcast panel who couldn't be with us tonight. They are Cam Felton, who is somewhere. Holly Oaks is probably on. Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame, who's got some excellent graphics going on in his page at the minute. Go and check them out. He's doing like a every game shirt recap sort of thing. He explains it far better than me. He's hanging a shirt up. And Nathan Edge, who I'm reliably told we might get back in the next few games or weeks or so. 
As always, my thanks to you guys at home as well for watching and for listening. If you want to find out more about when we're next going to be live, make sure you're following us on all things social media. We're at MTFC Matters. And of course, get involved in podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. After three successive defeats in the November rain, can the Stags bounce back as they focus on the bread and butter? A trip to Salford City. A bogey side, you could say, of the last couple of seasons. Well, we've already put a couple of them to bed. One more won't hurt, will it? Join us next week as we talk all things Salford and look ahead to the trip to Burton. On the show for the fans, by the fans, this is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.